into what is up everybody welcome back to zachary reality i'm your host zachary reality and we are here with a very special guest today former bachelorette tv host correspondent podcast host wife and now a new <laughs> author of real love yes the one and only Queen Rachel Lindsay. Oh, thank you so much for that beautiful introduction. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to chat with you. Same. I've seen you around town. Yes. Any carpet I go to, Rachel's already there. <laughs> but I love to see you doing your thing mm -hmm. on the carpet. It's fun. Like, we're not just meeting out in social settings. We're meeting yeah. out working. We are working doing thing. women. Yes. <laughs> And you've had such like an insane career, the way everything has kind of transitioned mm -hmm. from your time on TV, from your time before the show, and now you're a TV host at every carpet. I mean, it's, it's kind of awesome to see you evolve. It's really fun. I and it's crazy. You know, when you when you step into Bachelor World, obviously you see people and everyone. A lot of times people don't go back to their jobs. That really wasn't my intention when mm -hmm. I started it. I was like. I'm going to go back and be a lawyer, but I thought maybe I'll be an entertainment lawyer. You know, I'm meeting people mm -hmm. in the business. Maybe I'll expand my practice. Then I just, when I did was Bachelorette, I just fell in love with media and talking to people. And I was like, this is what I want to do. And I just never could have dreamed it would have happened this quickly. Mm -hmm. But I love it. I love so what you I had do. no plans to kind of become this TV media personality. It just all fell into place. Once I was doing The Bachelorette is when I start, I was like, ah, because I, I went back and practiced law after The Bachelor mm -hmm. um, up until my announcement. And I even went back and practiced law for a year and a half after The Bachelorette. But I was freelancing. And that's the stuff that people don't see. Everyone's like, oh, she was The Bachelorette, so she automatically got to work for ESPN. No, I went no. to ESPN. They told me a big fat no. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, fine, I'm going to start from the ground up, proving myself that I understand what I'm talking about. And I'm going to work hard to get to this place. Yeah. And most people become like influencers or whatever avenue they want to take after the show, but mm -hmm. your career took off in such a different way that like, I don't even think of you as The Bachelor anymore or like The Bachelorette anymore. Do you know that that was always my goal? I know people will always say like, first black Bachelorette and mm -hmm. I get it and that never upsets me. That is how you met me. I mm -hmm. am that person, even though there are issues with the franchise, we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, <laughs> I still, that is a part of my life, and I'm not the person who wants to look down at that. Yeah. But when I came off the show, I used to say my goal is for people to know me from another place. Like, mm -hmm. oh, I listened to that podcast, or oh, she's on that show, or, or she wrote that book. Yeah, which we're going to talk about. Mm -hmm. I also love that you love the housewives, because oh. the thing about Rachel is she's always down for like a good housewife's gossip sesh. Yes. What's your favorite franchise? I mean, Potomac mm -hmm. just stands alone, even though this has been my least favorite season, even though it's been good. It's but always good. Jersey? That's my favorite. We're four episodes mm -hmm. in, two new women and a friend of, mm -hmm. and this is so good. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. I've Jersey. always loved Jersey. That's yeah. what got me into Housewives because okay. of Teresa's table flip. I know it's kind of like the basic answer, but like that's how I discovered Bravo. And it's a fair answer. Team Teresa or Team Melissa? I've switched. I'm Teresa. <gasps> Oh, you were Melissa first? I was Melissa and Joe, and now I feel like they've been exposed. They have. Social media has kind of made me not like them, mm -hmm. but I always liked both of them. I was always Team Teresa, mm -hmm. but I always still like felt for Melissa because she tries. I but thought I thought, I thought she, she did. did. I yeah, thought she did. I thought she did. <laughs> Until this season. <sighs> and I will say that Louis gets such a bad rap, but my gosh, I've seen him, Teresa and Louis in person, mm -hmm. and he adores her. Yeah. When no one was looking, I was watching him and the yeah. way that he was with her. And also, he just seems to be such a calming presence. And you can see the difference in her since she's been mm -hmm. dating him. She kind of doesn't even want to get all up in it. She's just like, I'm detaching myself. Yeah, That's Louis' influence. That's so, love. I like it. Love is love. Mm -hmm. You must see so much at these carpets and just observe and just I watch do. people. Because the best, like, the tea happens, like, off camera, off the interviews. You can kind of just see what's going on. I do. I saw Erica Jane at the Billboard oh, Women cool. in Music. She is snatched. Yeah. She looks so good. Mm -hmm. Not that she didn't look good before, but I'm just saying, like, she looked like she's getting back to herself. Mm -hmm. Will you ever be a housewife? 
I don't. I can't. I don't think so. We'll I see what happens. I don't ever say never. I I would be. I would go to a dinner. I'd go to yeah, an a event. <laughs> a friend of. I just don't want people to know where I live and yeah. what I drive. And well, I was gonna ask know. like, where do you live? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> LA. <laughs> LA. Do you like LA? I love LA. Me too. Uh, especially on days like this. Mm-hmm. You know, we've had some bad weather, but I know it was it's snowing. Beautiful today. It does snow in Pasadena. It does. Is that where you are? No, that's oh. where Erica Jane's famous. Oh, hello. <laughs> no, hello. I'm in West Hollywood. I'm down Sunset, living my best life. Um, let's talk about the book Real Love. Yes. Now this is your second book. Mm-hmm. This one came out last year. Yes. Miss me with that. That's right. The novel. So did you decide to write this like right after? Because this came out pretty quick. Yes. So when I was talking about them about you know the nonfiction book telling my story, which. I was approached right after I came after The Bachelorette, and I'm so glad I waited because so much has happened. Yeah, yeah. But it was the perfect time to write it. And at the same time, I pitched Real Love. Didn't have a title then, but I pitched the idea. Because the two books kind of go together because obviously Miss Me With That is a book of essays about my real life. Mm -hmm. But Real Love is fiction. Yeah. Romance novel, women's fiction. But it picks up from... Because Maya, the protagonist, is loosely, loosely based off me, but it picks oh, up loosely. I think you guys have a lot in common. Okay, we do. You do, but I mean some of the the situations that she's in. They're Easter eggs of my life, but yes, I definitely relate to Maya the most, and there are a lot of similarities. But this picks up where she says no to going mm. on a reality TV show. I say yes, which is real life. So I always lived in that space of wondering what if I had said no, and what would that life have looked mm. like. That's what I pitched when I was talking about about my book of essays. So I already knew what we were going to do. It was uh-huh. just a matter of like building the characters and the storyline and the setting and what it would look like and how much do we have the reality TV show in the book and how much is Maya's story told. It was just a lot of moving parts. But I had help. Yeah. And I'm very open about that. Yeah. I had help with Miss Me With That. Mm-hmm. I had help with Real Love. Shout out to Alexa Martin. I am not Superwoman. I cannot do it by myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. that was definitely another I don't question. Like when people that was don't like act like they have ghostwriters. Yeah, for sure. I don't like that. Well, like as I was like starting to read it, I was like picturing it in your voice, mm-hmm. like Maya, the protagonist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there is like a lot of similarities, like even to like the little stuff, like she's in Miami, like you lived in Miami for a hot minute. Yeah going on this show, becoming the lead of real love. So was that like inspired based on The Bachelorette in a way? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, And in this, in real love, The Bachelorette is a Latino woman, which Mm. we haven't seen before. um, Which will we ever see? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. But you see it in, you see it in real love and in, in the fantasy land of real mm-hmm. love. But yeah, no, absolutely. It's it's based off that. And even the realistically Stacy, the blogger, mm-hmm. is, you know, inspired by the, the Zachary realities of the I'm world. I'm Stacy. <laughs> no, one of my best friends' name is Stacy. So uh-huh. I, like, as I was reading, I'm like sending her a picture on Snapchat. <laughs> I'm like, Stacy, it's you. Like, it's you. So Maya Johnson, she has a plan to become the youngest female director of her company, marriage, marry her college sweetheart, and build a fabulous life in Miami. Mm-hmm. And this is where the focus lies as she doesn't want to go on a dating show called Real Love. So she recommends her best friend Delilah go instead. Who's Delilah? Delilah's not based off of anybody in particular. Just I wanted Maya to have a diverse group of friends. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of similarities between Maya and Delilah. But Maya decides to step into the I mean, Delilah decides to step into the unknown where Maya stays in a box on her life path. And so you see those situations kind of mirror one another and she's seeing a life that maybe she could have had Mm -hmm. had she taken a risk and you know she's living the life according to her plan which is almost me which is kind of very it's very relatable I think a Mm -hmm. lot of people have a plan for their life and what they want to do Mm -hmm. and what they see themselves doing which is also like your life you uh, you thought you were going to be an attorney forever and then you took a different trajectory just like Maya, she could have took that opportunity, but she passed it along to her best friend. Right. And now Delilah is the bachelorette of real love. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. now she's starting to fall in love. And that's when Maya realizes that she's not as happy as she thought she was. Right. And there's certain situations that happen and certain people that come into her life that make her question some of these decisions. All the same time, she's watching Delilah, who, you know, months ago was sitting with her at this same firm. And now she's like, I, I, my friend looks so happy. She mm-hmm. looks so free. What would have happened if I would have done that? And then also her life plan isn't going according to her life plan. Yeah. Certain things are happening. So there's a lot going on. And I felt like this, 
I wanted to obviously explore the unknown, the what if of if if I had not gone if on you the didn't show. Do it. But I think a lot of people have are at these crossroads in life, whether it be in love, life, career, family, mm-hmm. where you have to take a risk, you have to be fearless, a leap of faith, and figure out which way that you're going to go. Yeah. And so I think a lot of people will see themselves in Maya, or maybe you'll see yourself as a Delilah who did take that risk. Mm -hmm. Maybe you'll be an Ella, the sister, who's the free spirit, who everybody wants to be. Mm -hmm. Maybe you've had a relationship like Ralph or Kai. Mm Mm-hmm. Or I just want to pause on Kai. Kai. <laughs> Kai. Well, I think it's like also like what I took away is like it's important to have friends that are evolving and that mm-hmm. you can grow from and ins- friends that inspire you. And I mm-hmm. also think that I from this book, I was like, it's good to have friends that you've been friends with forever, but it's also important to make new friends as you get older. It's never too old. You're never too old to make new friends. Right. It's interesting you say that. I said that, I said that to Brian the other day. I said... I always thought, I said this when I came on The Bachelor. Mm-hmm. I was like, listen, I'm in my 30s. My friends are my friends. Yeah. I'm probably not going to make adult friends. Uh-huh. You don't do that. And then I walked away with some of the most beautiful friendships. Mm-hmm. I'm friends with them to this day. Yeah. I've seen them go through huge life moments. Um, and I am a firm believer, especially moving to a new city and, and embarking in a new career. I am constantly making Friends in adulthood, lifelong friends. And also with this friendship group, because when we started writing the book initially, there were more friends, yeah. and it just got a little too much. Mm-hmm. So there, there's a core group of friends. And I love that some of the friendships aren't always what you think they are, which is also real life. And what's sad is you get older, you see that you're, you're changing, your friends are changing, mm-hmm. and your paths just don't align in the same way. And you lose friendships along the way. Yeah. And it's like you also don't have to put too much pressure or expectation on your friends. Mm-hmm. I think it's good to have social acquaintances. Yes. Like, you, not everyone has to be your best friend, and you don't have to, like, feel like you they have to be your best friend. Right. You know? Right. like. Sometimes people are just in your life for a certain reason, and it's not that serious. Yeah. It's like what matters most is that you have your man, your family, you know, a few close friends. Right. But you don't need like so many, you don't, you just don't need expectation on no, anyone. No, you got to keep your core small. And the older you get, you realize that not everybody is the friend that you're going to be. And that's when they start to fall off. Yeah. So talk to me about Maya's relationship with Vaughn. This is her man. Vaughn Ralph. Vaughn. Yes. And isn't your co-host Vaughn from your podcast? Van. Van. <laughs> it is not based on Van. I'm just saying. <laughs> that would be funny. Well, she's in this relationship. Mm-hmm. It's not really working out for her. Right. I'm assuming you that Maya is going to break up with Vaughn eventually in the book. But we'll see. Got to read it. Real love. Um, what was she missing in that relationship? Or when did she realize that... It just wasn't working. Yeah. So I think, so if you know my story, you know that I had ended a five-year relationship prior to coming on The Bachelor. And so, and that was the person I thought I was going to spend the rest of my life with. We were going to get married. And even when it got to that five years, I was still trying to hold on to it, even though I knew it was wrong. Yeah. And so I that's Maya in this. She's been in a 10-year relationship. It's been the That's person. That's even harder. She's yes. Can you imagine spending your entire twenties with the same person? Mm-hmm. And so she's struggling with. So you asked me when did Maya know? I think she's known for a very long time. But she, as women, we are fixers, and we can make it better. And she's invested so mm-hmm. much and sacrificed so much and given so much of her life into him that it's like you don't want it to end, you want to see it through. Yeah. And so I think Maya, yeah, I think she always, not always knew, but she's known for a while, but she's going to fight for it. And I've been there, and I think a lot of us have been there, or we're, we're there right now. Yeah. Well, then it's like my question would be, do you recommend you fall in love in your 20s? I know you can't control that, but you know she's building her career. I think a lot of us are building our careers in our 20s. Is it even worth trying to date and put yourself out there in that way, especially if you know what you want? I I think that's a great question, and I think that if it happens, it happens. I don't think that you have to – you know, I grew up in the South, and a lot of my friends that I went to school with got married super young, and some of them are on their second, third – Fourth, fifth, sixth. Seriously, (laughs) marriages. And I think there's this pressure that you have to create this family core. I was very career-oriented and focused on that, but I also was willing to put my career and prioritize that Mm -hmm. over relationships. I think that if you're feeling it and it goes there, be open to whatever happens. But I don't think that you have to force like, oh, I'm 25. I got to start having kids soon. I got to have this family. I don't think that you have to do that. Just let it happen. 
when do you know it's time to leave a relationship? Oof. When it drives you insane. Yeah. When it <laughs> I mean, takes over your life. And it takes over when you lose yourself. Uh-huh. There, that's that, that's great. That's the perfect way to say it. When you find yourself lost in a relationship. I had friends that actually pulled me to the side and said, we don't recognize you anymore. You're not acting like yourself. Or when your whole life becomes their life and they're allowing that to happen. Like sometimes it just naturally happens. There are women like that have friends like that who get lost in their relationship. But that your significant other should encourage you to have your own mm-hmm. in individuality yeah. in a relationship. That's so important to have. So yeah, I think when you start losing yourself, you don't recognize who you are. It's well, it's, it's really been time for you to go at that point. Yeah, you have to have your own career, your own friends outside yes, of your friends. relationship. Yes. friends are so important. Hobbies, you do, uh-huh. you do, Absolutely. and not too much of it. Not too much. Yeah, you got to just find a way to make time for everything yeah but that's yeah. life yes that is sometimes life, you can't have it all and sometimes you can mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so what's gonna happen to maya let's give us give them a little tease oh maya goes through it mm-hmm. and maya is faced with do i stay in the same place where i don't feel fulfilled but i'm check i've checked all the boxes and i'm doing everything that i said i was going to do with the person that i'm going to do it with uh-huh. or do the first time I in my life do I make decisions for me and I go not with the wind, but I just more so am a little selfish in what I want to do. And I'm not worried about outside opinions mm. and judgments or the no on the other side of it or just the fear of the unknown. So Maya, you will go on this journey with Maya as certain people in her life help and hinder this decision. Um, friendship family and career. Mm. All those things are coming to a head for Maya and Maya's truly the only one who can save herself. Yeah, cuz she's in charge of her life and mm-hmm. even if your friends and your family tell you or give you guidance, it's up to Maya, it's up yeah. to you, it's up to be what we want to do with our life and where we want to take it. Exactly, and I think it's important to say this is a romance novel. I said that in its women's fiction, but it's also a story of self-discovery mm-hmm. and that there is romance in that. And I don't think that we do that enough and talk about that enough. And a lot of us struggle with that of loving on ourselves and Maya struggles with that. So, yeah, it's good. Yeah. Okay, well, Maya, girl, <laughs> I wish you luck. Um, where can everybody get the book? It's going to be out Monday. It's out right now. It's out Congrats. now. Congrats. Yes, it's out now Tuesday. Tuesday. So, um, but Tuesday, it's out now. And you can get the books wherever you get books. I think you go on Ping- Penguin Random House's website, mm-hmm. Amazon, wherever, maybe wherever you get books, you can get it. You got that on Amazon? You know that TikTok sound? <laughs> yes. Which I'm loving. Sadly, I'm learning TikTok. <laughs> oh, she is. She is. I saw you a few months ago in your um, assistants or your the people, the people that she is. They're like, Rachel, you need to make content. You need to make TikToks. And now I see you on my FYP. Uh- Am I on the FYP? You're on the FYP. The fact that I even know what an FYP is. What is an FYP? For your page. There you go. For you page. Oh. There's no R. <laughs> You're just used to adding the R because it's Rachel. Okay. Thank you for saving me on that one. I still have a lot to learn. Yeah, yeah. Love it. Well, that's really great. And I think people are really going to enjoy reading it. Thank you. And it's fun. It is fun. It's escapism. And mm-hmm. it's fun to play in a fictional world. Yeah. You know, things I couldn't say and miss me with that. They're set in real love. There are a lot of Easter eggs in there. Yeah. And what's going to happen to people? Well, yeah, I was starting to pick up on that a little bit. Like there might be like there was just a lot of correlation. I felt like between Maya and and Rachel, Mm -hmm. there's Mm -hmm. just a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, So what's going to happen to Delilah? You have to see. Okay, Delilah is on the show. Real love. Mm -hmm. She's on her own journey. Um, But, you know, she's I. When we were writing the book, it was how much of Delilah's story do we make a part of this? But the story really is about Maya and her turning that down. So the show and Delilah are there more so to show what could have happened, but then also for her to learn from Maya because you really, I mean, learn from Delilah because you really see a change in Delilah as she has let herself go. Mm -hmm. And then I don't want to say a jealousy from Maya, but kind of like a, a longing of, of, of feeling like you yeah uh, like alone because she's missing her friend but also like she left out and she's just in this place of wondering of what could be mm. yeah so what do you think would be a better show real love or the bachelorette well <laughs> i'm behind real love so it would absolutely be a better show 
Okay. I mean, I already gave us the first Latina yeah. Bachelorette. There Come you on. Go. I'm, I'm, I'm super progressive already. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. So let's talk a little bit about um, Extra first. Okay. We'll talk about okay. that. Then we'll get into Bachelor because okay. y'all are waiting. <laughs> um, so as I was saying, I love seeing you as a TV host. I love seeing you yeah. on the carpets. I love seeing you at the premieres. I love reality TV, but I've been doing some hosting and covering, and I'm like, kind of struggling. Not struggling, but it's like, oh, I have to like learn this about these actors just so I can kind of get my face out there and do that. Is that kind of how you felt going into it, or are you just so into pop culture and into everything? I am not into pop culture. Okay. I realize. I mean, I'm I'm in it now because it's a job. But prior to this, I was like, there's so much that I don't know. I know what I like. Yeah. But other than that, I wasn't on social media following the pages. I do all of that stuff now. Yeah. I didn't I didn't really care. I'm a sports fan. Yeah. So if the pop culture aligned with sports, I was in it. Mm-hmm. I knew it. So it really wasn't my thing. So like you, and this is the site that people don't talk about. They yeah. think that, you know, we someone writes all the questions for us uh-huh. or we just go and just say whatever. But you have to research. You have to know. Mm-hmm. You also have to know what they like, what they don't like, what you have to watch other interviews to see what's, you know, can I curse? Yeah, fuck I'm it. Say piss. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> what's pissed them off? What makes them uncomfortable? Because it's you out there with the microphone and they will remember you and if they don't they their will. publicist yes. will remember you and you don't want a mark in this industry of I don't do interviews with that person mm-hmm. so it's really a delicate balance and then you're nervous I still get nervous interviewing yeah. people you're nervous you're trying to remember your questions you want to say the right thing you've got a publicist telling you two questions only yeah, no yeah. personal questions it's a lot and and that's the not glamorous side of it of course mm-hmm. the glamorous side is what we post on social media yeah. and just the fact that you're getting to meet people that you never thought that you would mm. be in close proximity with. Yeah, and they give you a little cheat sheet on the carpet so you can see everyone's face and name. Make sure you pronounce them correctly. Right. Yeah, you gotta let the names go. <laughs> I always I always stick okay. with the you. If you if I don't you. know how to say someone's last name, I'll just do that. And, hey girl. And pronouns wise. True. I don't I like I've seen that happen to other reporters on the carpet. So I try to just stay away from all that because I don't want to offend anyone. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's not the best way no. to go. <laughs> no. So then how do you kind of prepare to interview everybody even if you don't know too much about you know Outer Banks or whatever movie or carpet you're covering is it just like are you do you have like a day to prepare do you have a week to prepare do you have a team at extra that's helping you come up with questions or is it really all on you and you kind of have to just do the deliverables yeah so if you follow me you know my schedule is insane and there's yeah. no way that I can like sometimes I have three shoots a day mm-hmm. right like yesterday I had or I had What did I? Oh, I had Michael B. Jordan Walk of Fame. I had Deepak Chopra. And then I had a red carpet that I had to work for Billboard Women in Music. Uh Do you know how many people that in different. You need like. That's like a hundred people you have to at least know something about. Yes. So I, I, again, I'm not Superwoman. I cannot do it by myself. So Mm. we do have producers that give us, do some research, the bookers, and they give us general questions. But. I like to find something that's a little deeper than that yeah. or that is on their social media or something that I can relate to. Mm. So shout out to my assistant, Rachel, <laughs> who does the most fantastic research. I, I'm like reading it. I'm like, wow, mm. I didn't know that. Oh, this is so good. Or it sparks something else. So I absolutely have help because of the way my schedule is. There's no way that I could do it to do a good job. Yeah. Of course, you can ask the questions like, tell me about your character and what uh-huh. what, what do you want people to know? You Yes, you can ask those. Or and sometimes. Those are necessary, right? But if you want to be memorable or make your mark, you have you to do a get little that, bit more research. You want to get that soundbite because there's yes. plenty of people on the carpet. There could be 20, 30 outlets yes. sometimes, like all in a row. Sometimes, you know, the people only want to talk to certain outlets. Sometimes they talk to every single one. You want to ask something different yes. so it's refreshing so that you can get the views yes. and the clicks for extra TV in your case or whatever outlet you're representing. Also, and I, I'm wondering if this has happened to you. I get intimidated on carpets when we're all bunched in together and I can hear the other person's questions and they're asking the same questions that you're going to ask. And then it's one thing when you have no idea. Mm -hmm. You're like, you assume, but you don't hear it. And then it gets in your head and you hear it and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm about to ask the same question. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's the worst. Yeah. Well, since I'm still kind of new at it, I usually find someone else who's also new, like just because the the universe connects us. And then I'm Mm -hmm. like, what are you going to ask? What are you going to (laughs) ask? Tell me your notes. Tell me your notes. And the adrenaline is high too. So sometimes you like black out when you're asking questions. 
Absolutely. <laughs> that is a real thing. And I love that you said that because there is a lot of camaraderie on There is. On the red but there's carpet. competition. There's competitions. When I came in, I was so nervous and I was like, oh, they're not going to talk to me. They're going to be rude to me. And I have had very pleasant experiences. I am friends with so many people mm-hmm. on the carpet. And it is a competition, but we all look out for each other yeah, at the you same have to. time. And I think that that's really special when this industry itself is not friendly, is not forgiving, yeah. is not competitive. I mean, it is competitive. So yeah, it's 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 nice that you you make friends on the carpet too. And I mean, you know, we're yeah, friends yeah, on yeah. the carpet. We're friends. <laughs> I'm like, hey, Rachel. I always run up to her. <laughs> Rachel, hi. What do I do? And I'm like, hey, look at you doing your thing no. on the carpet. <laughs> no, I saw her at the Golden Globes, and I was with Icelandic. I was handing out the waters, which honestly is kind of iconic. Um, and Rachel is like at this big stage. <laughs> Because you guys get more, you do get like treatment, like extra access, e-news. They're kind of like the biggest outlets. So there is, sometimes you have a lot more space. There, So at the big award shows, you usually get a platform. Yeah. Although at the Oscars last year, we were like all uh-huh. crammed in together. And that was tough because there's a lot of foreign press. And they want to be fair to so many different people. Like we were stuck between, I think, Germany and like Sweden. Mm-hmm. So it, that's interesting. But normally, you know, you have the big platforms. Yeah. Only on award shows, uh-huh. and and you're right. There is, there. It's interesting that you say that. Yes, there's preferential treatment in regards to like the the national outlets. Mm-hmm. However, things are changing, and I am not kidding. This year, 2023, I go on carpets. Socials before all of us. Yeah. If there's a social, so last night I did something for Hulu. There was something for Onyx because it was Kerry Washington's new show, and yeah. then there was something for Hulu. Then it was Entertainment Tonight. Then and those gotcha. stars have to talk to those teams. Mm-hmm. So the things are changing. Things mm-hmm. are changing. The 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 t- TV networks aren't holding the same weight that they used to. Yeah. 2023 the year of change (laughs) um but that's really great and i love seeing you do your thing um do you have like a goal in this do you want your own talk show do you want to grow your podcasts like kind of what's like the plan i have been asked the talk so talk show question i don't know if i've ever really like said it on a microphone i don't know if me having my own show works yeah in the traditional talk show way because I feel like that's something that's dying. We're moving to digital. We're moving to digital. I do like long form content. Mm-hmm. I could see me doing something by myself in a long form content way. Because I love to just do a sit down and like, let's just have a conversation yeah. and talk. But I don't want to talk about just the newsy stuff. I want to talk about your artistry. And I want to get into the way you think. Very much so inside the actor's studio. I loved that. Those conversations were so uh-huh. rich. And it really got the person on the other side to open up. I definitely want to grow the podcast. I thought TV was the end all be all and I do love doing TV, but I didn't I underestimated how liberating podcasting is yeah. and how freeing it is. And you're not beholden to a certain network. And I love what we do on Higher Learning and I love the conversations that we have and the guests that we have and the dynamic between me and Van. I'd love to see that. We do film it mm-hmm. and then we put every um, Higher Learning episode up on YouTube. Check it out. Yeah. But I'd love to see it live maybe on a streaming platform uh-huh. as well. I mean, you know, change the format a little bit, but I think that that's something that we could do too. I want to bring more people in studio because we started our podcast in um, the pandemic. COVID. Yeah. During COVID. So um, now we're starting to do more in person stuff. So that's fun. So I don't know. I It's hard for me to, to say what my life plan uh-huh. is. You know, I don't want to be a Maya, but Maya. I just know I want to do something that's you know, I'm passionate about. For sure. And it's very purposeful. Yeah. One thing I loved is when you hosted the Siesta Key reunion. Oh, man. Because that's something I envisioned for myself, hosting reunions one day. Now that was a goal. Yeah. That <laughs> is, that's so cool. That's really, really cool. That I always tell Andy Cohen, I'm coming for you. Yeah. I'm co- like, come in. I don't know if you, do you watch Potomac? Yeah, yeah, I watched all the housewives. When they talked about bringing in a moderator, I was like, well, my phone didn't ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody they got- should have brought me. No, they did it the yeah. way it needed to be done. Yeah, yeah, Um, I definitely want to talk about your podcast, but I think one question people want to know is like, I think it's a, it's a stupid question, kind of, but like who did you interview on the carpet? Who's someone you've interviewed that was like a lifelong dream to get to talk to them or that you like really fangirled or freaked out over? Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt. Absolutely. You talked about Blackout? Mm-hmm. I literally turned to my producer and I go, how was it? What did I say? And I talked to him for five yeah, minutes. Yeah. I have no idea what was happening in that interview. And I'm making the goofiest faces uh-huh. in that interview. Did you have a crush on him? I mean, who doesn't have a crush on Brad Pitt? I don't Pitt? know if I do. And I'm not even normally necessarily into like the blonde, but there's something 
disarming and charming about him. And I didn't feel it until he was drinking a sip of water and he looked at me and I was like, okay, I get it. Yeah. Rihanna too. Rihanna. I was stammering over my words at the beginning and the end of that interview. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And also I was going to say, I think it's important to have short term goals. Mm -hmm. I think I used to like envision what I wanted to do. And now that I'm like kind of doing what I love, I'm Mm -hmm. like, I only can worry about my next three months, my next six months, maybe like a few years. But it's like you can't plan too far ahead because you just never know what's going to happen. And you have to be so open to all opportunities because we don't chase, we attract. What's yes. coming is meant for us yes. and it's all going to happen. But we also need to put out there what we want. Yeah. But then you never know where life's going to take you. Absolutely. And I also want to say I, I do want to be in more of a creative space. I'm so busy and I'm moving around that I don't have time to just be. And that's what's so great about the book is it gave me the opportunity to explore a different world. And I, I want to do more of that. I want to create. I want to create shows. I want to develop shows. I want to maybe even do a documentaries. Like there's certain ideas that I have floating around that I just haven't had time to put the pen to the paper uh-huh. or talk to the certain people. So I'm in a space now where I'm like, I need to network. Mm-hmm. I need to meet. I need to create, develop. That's just like what I'm feeling because that creates longevity in this industry as well. Yeah. Well, it's that's so exciting. Life is so exciting. Mm-hmm. When you get tap into your career, there's just so many opportunities. Yeah. And you should always be excited about what you're doing and what you can do all the way until you're ready to retire Mm -hmm. because then you're done then you're burnt out and then there's nothing left and that's fine right so there's always going to be new career avenues and I'm sure we'll see you and myself in many different ways I was going to say you better put yourself in there (laughs) oh of course well I mean I think a lot of people also who are young journalists like myself would want to know what kind of advice you have if you're just getting started and maybe you can give me a little bit of advice you know what I would say well one we just talked about it you got to create you got if you envision something or you want something, don't wait. And uh-huh. I struggle with that some, sometimes too. Don't wait for someone to create that job for you. Create it for yourself. That's why I started TikTok. See, and look how successful you are on TikTok. Yeah. And the rest of us are struggling over here. And you're <laughs> consistent with it. That's the other yeah. thing. Consistency. Mm-hmm. It might take a second. Um, uh, my friend Terrell, he has a very popular YouTube show, The Terrell Show, and he talks about how he just put out a video and he had one person watching it, then 10, mm-hmm. then 100, then 10,000, and now he's got over a million yeah. people following. And it's just really just sticking with that. You have to believe in yourself because mm-hmm. other people will see it too. And then also, there's so much beauty and in, in uniqueness and not trying to go be the next person. I even tell people this who go on yeah. the show, like The Bachelor, Bachelorette. Don't try to be like, oh, I really loved JoJo and I want to be JoJo. Well, I did love JoJo. Love her too. <laughs> and JoJo is JoJo. Yeah. And she did that. So you go be you in something else. And that's like people underestimate how much you can stand out just by staying true to yourself. Yeah. Don't wait for opportunities. Create your opportunities. Create the opportunity. And just being authentic and organic, I think, shows. Mm -hmm. And can I just say, networking. Yes. Guys, you have to network. The jobs that I have didn't come because I waited for my agent to find it for me. I didn't say no to going to a dinner, to an event. You're always networking. I see you everywhere. You have to go out and plant these seeds. People have to get familiar with you. Mm -hmm. And people don't do that anymore because they're hiding behind their phones. Yeah. Like think of all the people that you've met just networking. Mm -hmm. You've got to network. I'm just such a social butterfly. And I'm such a fan of so many shows. So if I see you, I'm coming up to you. I don't care if I embarrass (laughs) myself. I don't care what you think of me. I just know I'm excited to to meet you and I'm saying hi. Can I just be honest? Most people love that. Okay, cool. Like, even if they pretend they don't, most people love it. Oh, of course. It. Yeah. I know when people come up to me, I'm like, hi, it's nice to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's talk about Bachelor let's Nation. Get into it. Are you watching this season? No. When was the last season you watched? Matt James. Okay. Was that when you left Bachelor Happy Hour? Yeah, that's when the shit hit the fan. Yeah. Um, so I my contract was coming up anyway with Bachelor Happy Hour. I was think it I was like, like a, a couple year of months. Contract? No. Oh, how much was left? Well, like when you it signed. It was year by year. Year by year. Okay. So I was coming up. I think it might have been done that summer. And for me, the turning point was I was excited to watch Matt James' season. Me too. Um, I didn't necessarily agree with the process. And I was vocal about this, about them naming him as The Bachelor when they did. I felt like it was very performative. And I said that publicly. And I still stand by that. But it doesn't take away from who Matt James is as a person. Yeah, I'm talking about what they did. Um, I watched Matt's season. I had a lot of issues with it, which I was on Happy Hour. And I talked about those. But one of the issues that people always think that I talked about, and I didn't, was Rachel... And the antebellum yeah. and um, picture. And a lot of people 
were actually mad on our audience for happy hour that we hadn't addressed it. And I remember I said at one point, I was like, listen, I'm not saying anything until we've heard from her. I was like, I, I don't want to talk about it until yeah. I've actually hear her talk, which, and the only thing critical I said is she needs to talk. Yeah. I want to hear from her. And that was it. But for some reason, people think that I was just really going off on her and I wasn't. And then of course the interview happened and that was what it was. It was the response. I love the response that I got from people that were on the show. That was beautiful, and I wasn't expecting that. And I never had that su- kind of support before because I've been outspoken on a lot of things. Mm-hmm. I was, I got off social media for the first time ever since I got on because of the hate that was coming my way. And it was outside of Bachelor Nation too, but Bachelor Nation, or the clan as I call them with the okay. K, the clan side, not Bachelor Nation, Bachelor clan. Mm-hmm. The way that they went after me, and after I had just spent less than a year before that, um, or just not spent, but less than a year before that, people came after me for not showing grace to Hannah Brown after she said the N-word in that song, Yeah, which I didn't feel, I actually did, and I don't even talk about the private conversations that Hannah and I had prior to that. Mm-hmm. Um, people were like, you should have shown her grace, you should have shown her grace. And then when the Chris Harrison interview happened, it was like nobody wanted to show me grace. Where was that same grace that you were preaching for this one and you're not preaching it for me? And there's only one difference here. And so for me, it's like, why am I giving so much to a franchise where it is not everybody and I'm not going to generalize, but there's such a loud group that can't stand me and is never going to give me the benefit of the doubt mm-hmm. and they don't want to. And I thought I, I knew why I was staying tethered to Bachelor Nation because it did give me a lot. And a lot of people accuse me of not acknowledging that. I absolutely do. Yeah. I found my husband. I found beautiful friendships. It changed the way I had I had my own journey of self-discovery. You know, it opened me up to give me this platform to have this career that I'm loving so much. So I felt indebted to Bachelor Nation and I know that it can work because it worked for me. Yeah. And I wanted other it to work for other people, particularly people of color. And so I felt like I need I owed that to Bachelor Nation, but once that happened, that was the turning point for me where I was like, I don't know y'all shit. Yeah, so you <laughs> so you left Bachelor Nation during Matt James' season. You left the podcast. Mm-hmm, or, mm-hmm. Okay, and then, then, right then you after, were done. I think I stopped, so Matt James' season probably ended around March. It was probably the AFR. Yeah. I was already not podcasting because that got off social media and I was like, mentally, I can't handle it. I need a break. And so there were about three weeks that I wasn't on the podcast. Then I came back as an agreement, and I podcast for like a couple of more weeks, but Matt James' season was over. I didn't come back till after his season was over. Yeah. I didn't want any more of it. And um, I did a few more episodes, and then I left. Well, you want to stop before a new season starts, because then once the new season starts, you're like in it. You're like, oh, okay, I'm in it for the season almost. I would have stopped. if We yeah, could have been okay. right in the middle of Katie's season, and stopped. I would have stopped. And I actually, because that was the first time I wasn't going to be attached to a show, I actually messaged Katie, and I said... I just want to know that I support you mm-hmm. and I'm I'm happy for, you know, this journey that you're going on, but I will not be watching your show. Yeah. <laughs> and I just want to say that to you before you hear me say it publicly. And I said, but if you ever need anything, Call I'm me. always here. That's great. Yeah. Did you get the job at Extra before you left Bachelor? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you kind of already had like a transition because you still wanted to stay in the hosting world. Yeah. I Right? Yeah, yeah, I definitely had, had, no, I was just making sure I had the extra job. Yeah, yeah. No, I definitely did, and when the podcast started, that was really, that was my first, I got, when the podcast started, it started in 2019 that summer, and I was with Ali Fedotowski. Yeah, yeah. I, that was my first real. Hosting. Consistent. Uh Uh-huh hosting job and I I loved it and I developed a brand of saying what people were too afraid to say and I and that was something I said before I joined I was like listen you know me I got to be able to speak my mind I don't need people to hold me back mm-hmm. if I'm feeling a certain way and they and I'm thankful that they gave me the freedom to do that and I grew as a personality through podcasting on Bachelor Happy Hour so that's another reason I felt indebted to for it for sure but did they ever consider you to host after the final rose or was that after Everything kind of happens. Somebody did ask me if I would be interested uh-huh. in hosting the final rose, and I actually said, "It was it was definitely not a decision that was made. No one said here's the offer, but uh-huh. it was like, well, Rachel, a higher up was like, you should do it, and I said, I actually think that's a not a good idea because I'm part of the story. Yeah, and journalism 101, you're not supposed to be yeah yeah the story yeah, and so I th- I said it needs to be a bigger conversation and there's a lot that needs to be said and people need to be able to hear it. Mm-hmm. So you need to pick somebody who can have that 
who can have that conversation and people will listen? And I said, I think Emmanuel Acho. And they were like, that's actually a really good idea. Oh, so you suggested him. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. I actually get frustrated when Bachelor Nation hates on you. Because um, <laughs> I, well, I get, a, I get all my comments when I talk about Bachelor. You know, I read my comments. Mm-hmm. So that, and it's just, it frustrates me because I know you personally and I know how sweet and supportive you are and how Thank kind you. you are and how you've always spoke out for change. Mm-hmm. Like Rachel wants the right things. Rachel wants diversity. Rachel wants acceptance. Rachel wants non-judgment. Yeah. And it's frustrating that people are still just like not getting that. But I think that just speaks to America, maybe yeah. the audience of the show, just yeah. the ignorance of it all. Mm-hmm. And it's just like if you speak out and you share your opinion, it's that's not that's not on you. But it's it's funny because and that's why it's it's you know, it's it's a racist audience. I mean, there's yeah. really no, I don't want to tiptoe around it because not everybody, let me be clear, not as a whole, there's a sector that's very yeah. racist. And the reason I can say that is there are women that don't look like me who are praised for being outspoken yeah. and loud and telling it like it is. And they're just a queen. And I mean, yes. I'm you know, queen Rachel me. Lindsay is what we call you. But, and, and good for them. I'm yeah. not taking that away from them. But then when I do it, it's I'm a bitch and I'm, you know, evil and I'm trying to take everything down. And my favorite is when people think I'm this mastermind who always knew that the hosts were going to change and I was going to have this interview and I was going to ask this question. I was going to get this answer. Yeah. And, you know, that's what always makes me laugh. And I'm like, wow, I, I mean, I didn't know I had those kind of powers. Were you nervous after that interview if extra like if your job was going to be affected in any way no because they had your back after the interview happened I was I was a little rattled from the interview and I went and I asked my higher-ups if they had if they saw it and they didn't and I said I don't think any of that should air on the show I think that we just you know you put the bachelor stuff or whatever and I said but I think that whole interview needs to sit on YouTube yeah and they agreed yeah and it's a learning lesson for a lot of people. And it happened at an interesting time. But mm-hmm. I think that you are just amazing. Oh, I really thank do. You. And I think it's really great, everything you stand for. Thank and you. I think you're an inspiration. Thanks. And I think you have given a lot to Bachelor Nation. You've paid your dues. And I don't know. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm done. You, she's I, done. Like, I don't know what could bring. I, I think about that sometimes. Yeah. What could bring me back? So you I don't think anything could. Yeah. Not a reunion. We've already mm-hmm. done a 15-year reunion. We're probably coming up on 20 soon. Oh, true. Not a reunion. Not, I just, I don't think that there's really anything. I've really thought about this. Yeah. Because I don't want to ever, never say never, but what could yeah. it be? Well, I want to ask you like a juicy question. Sure. What is something that was cut out from your season of The Bachelorette or Nick's season, if you can think of something, or something that was edited incorrectly, something that kind of just was like, whoa, it didn't happen like that, or maybe just like a little, like a little BTS. Um, I'm sure there was a lot. I mean, we filmed so much. I know. So, so much. I mean, the biggest thing that stands out to me during Nick's season was um, the argument with Vanessa. Mm-hmm. That was filmed. Yeah. It didn't make it. Also, the infamous volleyball day where we were wasted. Period. I don't know if anybody's talked to you about that. We were wasted (laughs) on the volleyball day. And it was, we split up on teams. And our team, it was me, Raven, and Corinne. And we killed, I think that was who it was. We killed the other team. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the team that won got to go have longer time with Nick or got to move on. And then Nick comes back and he's like, I um I think I'm gonna let everybody go on the date. And at that point, we always knew it was Vanessa. Like from uh-huh. the second day, we called it. And I think I had had enough at that point. And, I, and obviously, I had been drinking. And I was like, "What?" I was like, "You got to be kidding me!" <laughs> I was like, "The only reason he's making this decision is because Vanessa's not on this date." And I was like, "Fuck this!" Yeah. I was like, "I want to go home. Mm-hmm. I am done." And I was like the whole on the whole ride back. I was like cursing out people. I was like, I'm done. I'm I, I was like, don't mic me. Leave me alone. Mm-hmm. And then they tried to come into the room. It was it was over with. And I like took off all my clothes. I was like, you can't come in here because they can't. They're not allowed to. <laughs> yeah, and I was yeah. just like, I'm done. I'm not coming on this. Sh- I'm done with the show. And they were like, okay, well then we're gonna set it up where you know you're going home. You have to tell Nick you're going home. And then I end up somehow getting dressed. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna go tell Nick I'm going home. 
And I was like saying goodbye to the ladies, giving hugs yeah, to yeah. people. <laughs> and then Nick said something sweet to me and I was like, okay, I'm going to stay. Yeah. But that was like a really crazy moment. And then um, on my season, the moment that stands out to me the most is when um, we were at my family, we were at the house and this is family week and it's mm. my family sitting there and they're grilling Brian. And in real life, what happened is my dad, my dad was like, I do not want to be filmed and I don't yeah. want to wait. So the moment I come through the door, shut down filming because the first day he had to wait and he was not happy. Mm -hmm. So he comes through the door and they're like, okay, everybody shut down. But they're like, first, Brian, excuse yourself from the table. So Brian's like, excuse me, excuse me for a second. And so then they <laughs> can I steal you for a second? <laughs> and then they shut down. And then Brian goes and has a conversation with my dad and we pick back up. The way it aired, Brian's getting grilled, and my, my uncle's asking questions, my sister, and then all of a sudden Brian goes, excuse me, and walks away like he couldn't handle it. And yeah. in reality, he was answering the questions. Yeah. So that was like, a, and I remember Brian was upset about that, and he addressed it. That was something that stood out to me. But I don't have one of those moments where I was like, I didn't say that. Yeah. Like, everything I said, I said. Yeah, and we love Brian. I've been to him a few times. He is a chiropractor. Yes. And he's the best. And when that Dumois blind came out, everyone oh. was looking at you. Which, honestly, I think I think that was a fake blind, 100%. No one, I said that, too. No one, I knew it was fake, too, when I went through all the couples. I was like, no, check, 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 check. Why do you think people doubt your relationship so much? Or is it just the haters? Yeah. It's the haters. First off, I think Dumois is going to start to have some really have some issues. Because yeah. that was so obviously fake. Do you think Mike Fleiss did that? Just to get more know. press for the show? <laughs> I don't know. That's <laughs> we, we blame him for theory. everything. He probably has no idea what that website okay. even is. But, um, or that, that social media page. But... I wasn't shocked that people thought it was me and Brian. There's still a, a huge group that wanted, doesn't believe that I really love Brian and that I really wanted Peter. And, you know, there are always the moment that, you know, if, if the worst happens and Brian and I aren't together, you're going to have all these people that are like, see, I told you. Yeah. I waited 13 years to for tell it you. to happen. <laughs> and I always knew it. Yeah. So. It's par for the course with me and Brian, which is part of why we keep our relationships so private. Yeah. Because so many people have opinions and things to say. So we just keep it for us. And I just, I, I always laugh when they're like, oh, Rachel, are you okay? We haven't seen Rachel. Brian in like a month or two. Yeah. It makes sense. And I'm like, yeah, because we are living <laughs> our lives yeah. off social media. And it's funny for the people who listen to Higher Learning because they'll have my back and they're like, oh, we think this is because people DM me stuff, this stuff all the time. And they're like, it's funny. You always mention Brian on Higher Learning. I'm like, yeah, I'm probably my most authentic self on, on Higher, higher learning. learning. So... You know, I learned a long time ago to compartmentalize the hate and to not worry about what people say. I think the hate has made us stronger. I was having this conversation with someone the other day. When you're so loved by Bachelor Nation, it gives you a false sense of reality because majority of the people don't care. Yeah. I'm polarizing in a Bachelor Nation. Uh -huh. And I get a lot of support in real life from uh -huh. people who aren't tied to it. So it really gives you this false sense of, oh, people love me and my whole life is about to change and all this is about to happen. And in, in reality, most people don't even know the show. Or what Bachelor or, is. I didn't watch the show before yeah. I came on. Which And you see it. I mean, look at people's social media followings. Everything is starting to change. Unless yeah. they're going to TikTok and I wouldn't know. They're not. <laughs> They're not there. <laughs> They're not? Because <laughs> I'm running out of things to talk about with Bachelor Nation, which is why I'm You're shifting. I love, I love Netflix reality. So I've been covering watch... a lot of those shows. Okay, if I was going to start, what show would I start with on Netflix? It's Love is Blind. The first season? Yeah, but if you don't want to go back, I, I tell people, it's like, if you don't have the time to go back, just start at a new season and you'll get it. Okay. So season four comes out like next month. That quickly? Yeah. I heard this last season that was in Dallas was really good. Yeah. Okay. It was. Love is Blind is always really good. All right. Ultimatum, Selling Sunset. There's a lot of Netflix shows. I, no, I do. I do. You the, do that one. I do Selling Sunset. I did Buying Beverly Hills. Oh, I liked that one too. I did that. It was a little too on the nose for me. Yeah. But I liked but seeing I younger real estate agents learn. Even yeah. if there was nepotism, I still liked seeing them learn. Oh, if there's a season two, I'm watching. There'll be a season two. <laughs> okay. It's coming. <laughs> it's coming. Just wait. Um, wow. Well, I think we kind of covered all of our bases. Awesome. Are Wait, are you going to have kids? I want to. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, it's more of like, I've got to prioritize it. Yeah. And I'm really, and I really like 2023, I have, I say to myself all the time, I am prioritizing this, you know? So it's, it hasn't been an, e it's not like we haven't been trying. It's yeah. just not as easy 
As you thought it would be, yeah. unfortunately. But yeah, no, we do want kids. When do you feel like you're doing everything and you're doing too much and you've mm-hmm. already kind of accomplished your goals Well, then, you, where then you decide to take a step back from working and just kind of go into that world? I don't know if I can take a step back from working. Okay. I always joke and I'm like, I'm going to strap that baby on me. That baby's coming to meetings. That baby's mm-hmm. coming to workouts. That baby's like, it's going to grow up real fast. Yeah. I mean, obviously that's not realistic, yeah. but I don't think it means, and I think that I've had to get out of that thinking of, oh, my life has, my life will change, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean that I have to stop doing things that I love or working as hard. I just might have to shift the schedule and yeah. change the, the timing of the way that I do things. And I'm trying to think of it like that. I talk to a lot of moms, I guess I'm mentally, because preparing for motherhood isn't just having the baby, it's mentally yeah. getting in that space. Mm-hmm. And for me, who's been so work-oriented, now I'm mentally trying to get in that space. And so I've been talking a lot to my friends that are mothers. When I meet a mom, I like yeah. ask questions. When I see a mom in the corporate world or doing what I do, I immediately beeline to them and I talk to them because I want to understand and I want to know, like, you can do this, Rachel. Mm-hmm. Like, you're just being full circle Maya yeah. and just scared of the unknown of it all. Yeah, And you're an auntie, right? And I'm an, and I love being an aunt. That's so cool. I have two nephews, Alistair. I almost said that wrong. Alistair and <laughs> Hendrix, and I you know love him, them. Him. <laughs> it didn't we talk about not um, getting the names wrong? Yeah, right. See, see, now it you happens. see why I say you. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's hold up your books. Okay. So we have two books. Do I do uh, this one? Yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully everyone already read Miss Me with that. But if you haven't, still that's time. still available because mm-hmm. that's been out for a year. This is now out right now. Real love. Check it out. Check it out. Um, tell everybody where they could get both books, you know, for the last time. Yeah, wherever you get books, you can check it out. It, ca- it came out Tuesday. You can get it now. You don't want to miss this. It's a lot of fun, but then also really thoughtful. I think you'll you'll see something of yourself in the book. I love that. And I can't wait to hear what everybody thinks about it. So definitely DM me, DM Rachel, let us know your thoughts. And and tell me who you think who is who. Do yeah. you think some of the characters are based off of people? I don't know. Am I going to have to get the detective out <laughs> and go through a TikTok series? <sighs> I might have to. Um, well, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for taking the time. Yes, I love you. you. You have my full support. Yes, same to you. Love you too. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Of course. And thank you all so much for listening to this podcast. Please be sure to rate it five stars and leave a review. And if you're watching on YouTube, do not forget to subscribe and leave your thoughts down below. And we will see you guys in the next one. Amazing. Bye.